You're listening to the latest preaching from Brixham Community Church. I just uh, wondered if we could go back to that last question that I asked, or that the children were asked, which is, why do we give gifts at Christmas? Now, I'm all up for spoiler alerts, because actually, we're in church, aren't we? And uh, it's a bit of a giveaway, I think, why we give uh, gifts at Christmas. And I loved uh, Oscar's, Oscar's answer, actually, because God came as a present. So we give presents. And it's so true, isn't it? We, we as Christians, give gifts to remember and celebrate that amazing thing that happened at Christmas, which is Jesus being born and God coming in human form as a baby to live with us. And uh, I, I just felt this morning that no matter what gifts you give or get this Christmas, all of us, that Jesus really is the greatest gift. And I felt that God wants us to go away from this morning knowing that and being utterly convinced of that, that he is the greatest gift that we could give or get. So perhaps if you already know him this morning, perhaps it's just a reminder to you that really there is no greater gift and no greater gift that you could share either. But perhaps if you are here and you don't know him, then maybe you will not want to leave today before you have the opportunity to do that. Okay, but first, I need a volunteer, and I think I'm going to pick on Abigail. <laughs> She's doing her shoes, so I thought I'd have pick on her. And I need the two Joes, if that's okay. Actually, no, not yet, not yet, not you know, no, 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 jumping the gun. I just need Abigail. Come on, come on up here. Right, Abby, it's Christmas morning. You have woken up, and nobody else is awake yet, okay? You're, you're creeping down, and you think, right, I've probably got two minutes to just grab a quick Christmas present from under the Christmas tree and open it before anybody wakes wakes up, okay? Now, uh, (laughs) sorry, not giving her any ideas. Now, you have a choice, okay, on looks alone. Can you hold these two up? Which one would you choose? Would you even notice that one? Probably not, would you? No, you'd go for the sparkly wrapping, wouldn't you? Okay, why don't you open up and see? This is the only present you're going to get before anybody comes down the stairs. Woohoo! She's a healthy girl. Yes, she is. All right. Okay, you probably wouldn't have noticed this one, but let's just give you an extra minute or so, okay, to open this one. Have a look. You don't get it, by the way, because I need it back for another prop. So <laughs> you can have it after. <laughs> let's have a look. It's just, it's just really, you probably wouldn't even notice it under the tree. It's so small. It's in white paper. It might have gotten, you know, all the other presents on top of it. Ho, ho, ho. (laughs) Maybe that's the one you actually really wanted. Thanks, Abby. I'll give it to you later. Okay. Thank you, Abby. Thanks for coming up. You know what? That reminds me a bit of Jesus. Because Jesus, I think, as though, although he's the greatest gift, he was actually the gift that came without sparkly wrapping. Yeah? When you think about royalty or you think about powerful people in this earth, so you think about the Queen and Prince Philip or Donald Trump, you don't think about plainness, do you? I don't think you do. I I don't. I think about palaces and private jets and whole security details and just, I mean, so much planning and organisation goes to whenever they go to visit somewhere. So surely if God himself were to come and visit earth the spectacle would be pretty amazing, you'd think. You know, everyone would know about it. There'd be so much planning and organisation and preparations that had to be made for him to come. 
But actually, this is really not what we see. So actually, what happened is in Luke 2, verses 4 to 7. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, to the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn." Now, this is one of only a few accounts in the Bible of what it was like when God came to earth, when Jesus was born. There was no glitz or glamour. There was no show of power. Yes, there were angels, but the angels came to shepherds who at that time had such a reputation that nobody was really going to believe what their account was anyway. And yeah, okay, there were some wise men who brought some gifts, but they had to go in secret It was so understated and so quiet. And I kind of thought, so disorganized, really. There was no room in the inn. He had to go in a manger. This would not happen for the royalty and the powers of this earth. Do you know, uh, there's an amazing book that I just keep coming back to. It's called The Jesus I Never Knew by Philip Yancey. And I want to read to you a little bit about this Jesus not being the gift with sparkly wrapping. The God who came to earth came not in a raging whirlwind, nor in a devouring fire. Unimaginably, the maker of all things shrank down, 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 so small as to become an ovum, a single fertilized egg barely visible to the naked eye, an egg that would divide and redivide until a baby took shape, enlarging inside a nervous teenager. Immensity cloistered in thy dear womb, marveled the poet John Donne. He made himself nothing. He humbled himself, said the Apostle Paul. The God who roared, who could order armies and empires around like pawns on a chessboard, this God emerged in Palestine as a baby who could not speak or eat solid food, who depended on a teenager for shelter, food and love. God's visit to earth took place in an animal shelter with no attendants present and nowhere to lay the newborn king but a feed trough. Indeed, the event that divided history and even our calendars into two parts may have had more animal than human witnesses. I'd never really thought about that before. More animals saw the first few hours of Jesus, God incarnate on earth, than people did. I think that's fairly fairly something to, that kind of made me think, yeah, wow, what must it really have been like? And we sang in that song, didn't we? All the kingdom and its power resting now in this child. Jesus is the gift without sparkly wrapping. And to be honest, nowadays, we're talking about this in the pre-service prayer meeting, it might be easy to miss him altogether. Oh, where's he gone? (laughs) Where's Jesus? This is the picture that was in the paper because somebody stole the baby Jesus from the nativity scene in Manchester Airport. (laughs) I think they got him back. Okay, now I want you to think about the best gift that you've ever gotten. Okay, think about it. Or just a really, really good gift that you've gotten. Okay? Really, really good gift that you've gotten. 
Okay, sorry to pick on all the people at the front, but I'm going to ask Jeff. It was a trip to New York. Wow, fantastic gift. So I don't even really have to ask you the second question. The second question is, do you still have it? Well, you kind of have the memories, don't you? But uh, you don't, you don't, that's not something that could live forever, is it? And uh, I want to show you this. This is Morris. And Morris is 25 years old or more than 25 years old. He has traveled the world. He was probably made in China before he got to me in Australia, but he's come with me to the UK when I moved over here, okay? He was an amazing present when I was little. He was, he was just, oh, my cuddly best friend. But you know what? Morris is not going to be around forever. He's done pretty well, I think, over 25 years. He's been washed and he's still a bit fluffy, but he's not going to be around forever, and uh, the novelty factor of him or the usefulness of, of him is going to wear off. <laughs> it's sort of worn off. But this isn't so... Sorry, back in your bag, Boris. There you go. He's okay. <laughs> but this isn't so for Jesus. Because Jesus is the gift that keeps on giving. And God's gift of Jesus isn't just for children... It's not just a thing that we celebrate in nativity. It's not just for a time or for a season. We don't just get him out at Easter and get him out at Christmas. When you really accept Jesus as part of your life, he changes everything. He should change everything. Because when we accept that Jesus is who he says he was, a whole new life opens up to us. We're actually born again. So John 3.16, a really, really well-known verse. For God so loved the world that he gave, he is a present, his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, perish but have eternal life. Jesus is the only gift that gives us forever. He's the only gift that we actually get eternal life with. And you know what? It was Jesus who spoke these words about himself. He actually said, I'm the gift that keeps on giving. If you start a life with me, you will always have life. And everybody's physical life is going to end someday. But he is the only way that we can be assured of life afterwards as well. And you know what? It's not even just eternal life. So Jesus is the gift that keeps on giving here as well. In the name of Jesus, we can go to God and ask for healing, for physical healing. We can ask for repairing of relationships. We can ask for joy and peace in all of the circumstances that we go through. Because being a Christian does not give you a happy-go-lucky, amazing, gives you an amazing life, but it doesn't give you a life free of trouble. So we need that joy and that peace that Jesus gives us. And he gives us the opportunity to break off chains that have held us. If that's addiction or um, negative thought patterns that have kept us down, all of that is available in Jesus right here, right now. He really is the gift that keeps on giving. Okay. I would like my two Joes to come up, please. And I need uh, another volunteer. I'm going to get Mark Goodyear to come up. <laughs> Because I need somebody who can take this, all right? <laughs> oh, and Coco's going to come up as well. All right. Come here, come here. If you don't know, this is Joe, this is Mark, and this is another Joe. So come over here. All right, Mark, you have the opportunity to give 
this to somebody, okay? Right, Joe. You can choose Joe, um, and or you can choose Joe. All right, but first they have something to say to you. All right. You are very silly, Mark. Your hair silly. Your clothes silly. Honestly, I think you should be called Silly Billy. <laughs> oh, hush. Okay. See, I told you you needed to take it. <laughs> okay. I think you're wonderful. I think you're probably the most wonderful person I've ever met, and you should actually be called Mr. Wonderful. Oh. <laughs> Unlucky, Joe. I set you up for that one. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Okay. Now, I don't know about you, but giving gifts to friends and to people that I love is pretty easy. It's pretty easy, isn't it? But giving gifts to somebody who's maybe not so nice to me, that's hard. I don't actually think I do it. I don't know if you do. You might be a better human than I am. But, but okay, so that was a silly example. But actually, imagine if you had an enemy and you were going to give a gift to them. I think that would be impossible. I don't know that I would be able to do that, to be honest. A true enemy. And you know what? The Bible calls us enemies of God. All of us, no matter how great we were, at some point were enemies of God. And yet he still gave us the most precious gift that he had, which was his son. And so Jesus is also the gift we don't deserve. Because unfortunately, the natural state of us from the moment that we're born is not as friends of God. We all fall short of being friends of God. In fact, I think there's a stubborn uh, tendency in all of us to do and to say and to think things that are a bit rebellious. Okay, I don't know what that looks like for you, but I know what it looks like for me. Uh, But the fact is that that is our natural tendency. And that sets us up as enemies of a perfect God. And you will all have heard the word um, for that falling short, uh, which is sin. And sin is a reality um, that is actually deeply embedded in human nature. And no amount of our effort at being good or our education will actually remove it from us. We really have no ability in ourselves to meet that perfect mark of God. And that's where the gift of Jesus comes in. So God didn't give us Jesus because we deserved him. He gave us Jesus because we needed him. The Bible says in Acts 4.12 that salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. We've been given Jesus because he's the only way for us to come back to being a friend of God. He's the only way to secure a life after this life is over. And God gave him freely to us. And we didn't deserve it, but he loved us so much that he gave him away anyway. Because actually, of course, Jesus' fulfillment is not at Christmas. It's at Easter. They are so inextricably linked. It's, it's realized in his death and his resurrection to conquer death once and for all. He is the greatest gift. He really is. And there is no other greater gift that will give you the opportunity to receive and if you have received that gift then that's amazing but I just would love for everybody to bow your head now to to thank him for that gift 
that he's given us because he is the greatest gift, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Okay. But also there might be people here who, who don't know if they've received that gift. And I would love also to, to pray a prayer right now that you can pray um, inside in your heart and um, know that that gift will be received right now. So thank you, God, for loving me before I ever loved you. And thank you for giving me the gift of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for coming to earth and for giving your life in place of mine. Thank you that because you rose again and are alive now, I can be alive now and forever with you. I admit that I've missed the mark and I can't get there on my own and I accept your forgiveness. I want to live differently. I want to live for you. Help me to do this, Jesus. Thank you that you are the greatest gift at Christmas. Thanks for listening. For more information, visit brixham.church.